welcome to MSP 1337. I'm your host, Chris Johnson, a show dedicated to cybersecurity challenges, solutions, a journey together, not alone. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of MSP 1337. I'm your host, Chris Johnson, and this week I'm joined by CompTIA's own Seth Robinson and Carolyn April of our research team. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us. Hello, hello. Thanks for having us as well. So last week, uh, or I'm going to say it was recently because it may not have been exactly last week when this goes live, we... We were had the privilege of the two of you presenting from from the main stage at CCF, the 2022 uh, outlook on 2023 trends, and the four sort of um, pillars, uh, components, things, uh, policy, process, procedure, and product. And of course, some of you might go, "Well, I would like to swap product out with technology." Good for you. I still like the four Ps, and I think Seth and April do as well. Seth, if you could kick this off, it's not very often that on MSP 1337, we go into the research side of things when it comes to cybersecurity. So we'd love to kind of see how you guys came up with this from a theme standpoint, and then just kind of talk us through some of the highlights, because I think, you know, we were drinking from the fire hose for those of the, so, excuse me, for those of us that were there at CCF. It was a lot of drink from the fire hose. There was so much good information, but so little time to absorb it. I mean, I I have access to the reports and I'm taking pictures of slides. So uh, I always think that if someone is taking pictures of the slides that you put up on the screen, that there's definitely more to this than the conversation that's happening in the room at that moment, because we don't have time to digest what we just saw. So Seth kind of, Tee us off a little bit and give us the background. Yeah. So uh, when Carolyn and I were figuring out what we wanted to present at CCF and kind of launch the discussion for the rest of the committees and, and hopefully a lot of the committee agenda for the year, we were looking at our research schedule and recognizing that there are four big areas that we address with our research schedule, and that's stuff within the channel, cybersecurity, uh, digital transformation, and workforce. Sure. And then within cybersecurity, we've got those four areas that you mentioned, uh, policy, process, people, and product. And that's a structure that we've used for a few different years now to try to address the gap that we see in cybersecurity a lot for end users, where they know that cybersecurity is important. They know that something has probably changed from the days of being primarily defensive and secure perimeter but they don't know exactly what to do with it. Um, and I think this structure that we chose kind of comes from everyone trying to increase their technology footprint, right? And, and 20 years ago, cybersecurity was kind of just an offshoot of IT, which was primarily infrastructure. Technology right. has become much more than that now. Companies are doing a lot more and they have to think about cybersecurity proactively. And we think that this is a structure to do it. Um, Carolyn, I know that you have seen similar stuff in your channel surveys of how MSPs and even vendors and distributors are kind of reacting to cybersecurity. So I'll let you kind of add in what you're seeing from a channel perspective. Sure. Um, great to be here. Um, it's funny, the, the whole 
topic of cybersecurity as it pertains to the to channel, and, and Chris, you can maybe weigh in and validate for me or not, um, seems to be greeted with both a lot of excitement about the opportunity. It can be a lucrative area for channel companies, MSPs, vendors, but also with a lot of trepidation. It's kind mm -hmm. of overwhelming. And the, 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 the cybersecurity bucket itself has just become uh, massively complicated it is something that is relentless and is never going away. And so you've got providers out there that are constantly trying to keep up and or keep at, is, as far ahead as they can with the cybersecurity threats that are out there, continue to upscale their people so they know what they're doing and be able to talk to the customer in a way that is convincing and, um, and makes them sound like they know what they're doing yet again. Um, so I think it's kind of this double-edged sword where it's a great opportunity for the channel and they get excited about it. And they're also, some of them, overwhelmed, especially some of the smaller companies out there in the channel space that for them to put together a full cybersecurity practice um, that kind of ranges across all of the various sub-disciplines within cybersecurity would be pretty daunting for them to do. So it's nice to have this kind of structure that Seth was just talking about. So if you're just starting out, or even if you're somewhere in the middle where you've always already offered cybersecurity, but you want to um, take it to the next level, it's good to have this kind of, um, this kind of, it, it is linear, but also just this sort of roadmap for you to follow to make sure that you've got the pieces in place. It's no different than having any sort of roadmap or anything else that you might do if you decide to get into managed services forever. It's really good to kind of settle on what your processes are going to be before you decide to go out and say, I'm an MSP, right. similar to getting into a discipline like this. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I think if I go back in time, it was largely underwhelming being an MSP from a uh, how we started. So like pick a PSA, do an RMM, do these things. And suddenly you're now in the category of MSP. And we forgot several things in that sort of sequence. And that was, why did we pick the one we did? In fact, why did we pick one at all? Mm -hmm. uh, today, those are all sort of predefined almost, fill in the product into that component. If you're going to stand up an MSP, it's almost, you can get the Ikea manual for standing it up. What you're going to mm -hmm. do with that, that's where it gets uh, interesting. And I, and I think, you know, I was looking through the um, the trends that were, or the issues that you had in there driving cybersecurity. And there's a there's a common theme or maybe even two. One is like, this is all about data. So thinking about the overwhelming piece is like, at the end of the day, it's about data and protecting data. So whether you're needing more skills for staff to do a better job or or any number of things, it still comes down to how well can we protect data from falling into the wrong hands or be, um, being put in places that it shouldn't live. And along with that is the whole... Uh, Oh, I just totally drew a blank blank on it. Uh, the the privacy component, and if you guys, I'm sure you've seen, but like uh, ISO's got 11 new controls that they've added to their framework. NIST is releasing 2.0, which is going to have additional prescriptive and and more on privacy. Um, so there's this trend happening with frameworks that are both regulated frameworks and and unregulated, where privacy is suddenly like, hey, we've got to get more prescriptive with this. And so I think just kind of thinking back to the four pillars, the four P's that you guys started with, I mean, you're setting a structure that does exactly that, right? If if I have the methodology to go with this, then I have the means to be successful and at least know 
or I need third party help or, or resources outside of my organization, regardless what the category they fall into. And maybe if it's the, you know, industry trade organization like CompTIA to help fill in those areas that I just, as a small MSP may not be able to pull off. I, yeah, I, I think that, I think you're spot on. Yeah, I think that's you know interesting that you point out that there are these different drivers or different threads within cybersecurity that are causing change. And you've got data; everyone's becoming a lot more reliant on data. You have privacy, which isn't as much of a technology issue as it is sure. just a, a regulatory issue or a process issue or how you're handling things or even how you're describing how you're handling things, being transparent about it. And I think that that's what has made cybersecurity a standalone discipline now, rather than just being a piece of IT. If you look at an end user, especially an enterprise end user, they have a CISO. They've got a chief information security officer who is 100% dedicated to cybersecurity. That person has a team of people who are dedicated to cybersecurity. They're not like network admins that are doing cybersecurity on Fridays. So that's the best time to do it, you know, especially after lunch. I, I think that for us, th- these four steps are a little bit of a top-down approach to, to start changing the mindset around cybersecurity and then start driving some of those downstream decisions. And so for us, it starts with policy, which we don't necessarily mean the policies that you might write for your organization. We mean the mindset. We mean, you know, what is your organization's overall policy around cybersecurity what level of cybersecurity do you want to have? Because we all know that you can't get perfect cybersecurity. You can keep throwing money at it and there's always going to be something to do. So you have to start making some of these decisions. So would you um, would you say that's like you're defining the scope within your organization? Like this is what we, who we are. This is our vision casting and who we want to, even our culture. If, if I understand the way you're approaching this, like this, we're saying top down, the the premise of what we exist to do as a company should get defined at that level. Yeah, it's like here is how cybersecurity fits into our DNA, right? Um, here's how we are gonna, here's how we're going to behave around cybersecurity. Yeah. Um, and so, like for this year, what we pointed out is that there needs to be a lot more intersection between cybersecurity and business activities. You know, again, you can't just be thinking about business activities, and I think that this is true of general IT that there's been this integration now. And if you're thinking about a business activity, if you're thinking, you know, we want to grow into this market, you're going to be asking the question, well, what technology are we going to use to grow into that market? You also have to be asking the question, how is cybersecurity going to play into that? You know, all of the cybersecurity questions that we should be asking. So I think interweaving and integrating cybersecurity into business objectives is something that we don't see a lot of companies doing. And and I, I think that what we're going to explore this year is the way to do that is through like a risk analysis approach. So like every one of these business activities would have some risk associated yeah. with it. And that drives the cybersecurity conversation. I was going to say the risk word, but like, I, I think to your, to your, I didn't want to say it either because it's like the one of those four letter words that we're not allowed to say, you know, on air because we might get, you know, bleeped out. Nobody likes to have the risk conversation. And yet the reality is, as cybersecurity professionals, you know, risk is an inevitable part of the conversation. But prior to talking about cybersecurity, you businesses still are taking risks. Risk, can I make payroll? Risk, can I, you know, am I number one or number two in my vertical? That hasn't changed. All we've done is added complexities 
within those risk uh, variables that go along with that. So I like that. I think it's it's a the question I I have kind of throwing it back at you is the solution provider largely maturing fast enough to recognize that they need to have these risk conversations uh, as we look into 2023? Because I think our client base is largely asking these questions, uh, especially if they're, you know, 30 to 50 employees plus, they're having risk conversations. Um, But the smaller companies and, and solution providers largely fall into this they don't like having the risk conversation because I want to jump to product, right? I want to jump to, look, if I buy product XYZ and I throw that in there, then I don't have to have the risk conversation because I know it reduced it by at least something. Well, I, you know, I think that might be changing. I mean, one of the data points in the upcoming state of the channel study that'll be, uh, that we're doing right now was a question that asked the MSP portion of our respondents specifically what the number one thing customers are asking for right now in the product slash services department. And far and away, it was cyber services and cybersecurity services. So clearly, as you know, most MSP's customers are smaller customers. Sure. These smaller customers are the ones they're saying are of have cybersecurity top of mind. Those customers must be changing. They must right. be more advanced in their thinking because they're demanding from their providers to t- talk to me about cybersecurity, sure. provide me with cybersecurity. So we may be at a point here where it's not so scary to have that risk conversation with these customers because they, be, they may want to hear it right now. I um, guess my question, well, my question, just to clarify, so like three years ago, we were having the same security conversations largely, like put these tools in, follow these processes and procedures. And that's what the, I, I ideally, that's what we wanted to see. But if you would have had six to 10 MSPs in a room and said, hey, how many of you uh, use a GRC platform? You might've had that many people raise their hand and say, what is a GRC platform? Yeah. Today, um, I was just blown away at the number of MSPs that not only are talking about how GRC is important as a platform and a tool, but how to go client facing. That to say, I still think that the vast majority does not like the idea of talking about risk. So I'm not saying that they won't do it. I'm just curious, like, what will it look like when it plays out this year? Like, will they really, you know, sort of do it? Or is it going to be we talk about it, but we still sort of steer away from it? The, the risk part that, of the code. Are you saying that the the solution provider MSP is afraid to have a risk conversation? Yes. They think that's a third rail with customers? Yeah. Um, or that the customer doesn't want to talk about it or both? Uh, I, it, I, I couldn't definitively say the latter part, but I think that the, the conversations around security uh, often trump the conversation about risk. So they know they have a challenge or a problem, but we're not scoring it. We're not we're not really digging into like, well, what is the real business impact if we if we you know analyze from a risk standpoint? We literally look at it through the security standpoint and go, look, if we put these products and services in place, we can minimize risk, but we didn't actually talk about do we need to put this product or service everywhere? Do we need to just put it like in one place? Because it is easier to say, let's secure it all than it is to identify what really needs to be protected. What really is at risk? That, that That's, and I could be totally wrong here. I'm, I'm sort of just based on observation of what I've seen to this point. Um, and just, just curious more than anything, like as we go through this year, how do the solution providers 
behave in the context of risk conversations versus their clients bringing them a need and they're selling them a, a product or service. Well, if they understand that it's an opportunity for an upsell there, I mean, you can charge a lot more for a risk analysis sure. as a service um, over and above the products that you end up selling and the tools you end up selling to them. If you think of it with that mindset, yeah. a business mindset on your end, I'm going to make more money if I introduce this risk analysis, then it obviously becomes more attractive for you to yes, do. Absolutely. get over whatever your fear is of discussing yeah. it customer because you know it means uh, a it's a win for the customer they're safer and b it's a win for you you make more money i, I love yeah it. i i think i'd add like for a lot of solution providers out there i think this is the transition to beginning to think like an it department right right Ooh. up to this point so many of them have been product centric yeah and an it department is not just a procurer of product and installer of product, right? Um, right. They, they've been running that product for a long time. And so many solution providers have taken a step towards becoming an IT department when they add managed services. But this is a step beyond that to begin thinking strategically, right? And begin having a business conversation. And again, that's that's a mindset shift. It's a mindset shift for the end customer to, to not be thinking about cybersecurity as only product, only firewall and antivirus. And it's a mindset shift for the people that are providing technology services, right? And I, I think you like you have to at least recognize that that's where the discussion is starting. And maybe you know, pick any individual solution provider out there. Maybe they don't want to become that like virtual CIO. Maybe they're like, no, sure. I'm just going to resell product, and that's fine, and that's that's great. But recognize the context that you're selling that product in. That there has to be, you know. Kind of see if your client is having those conversations and understand who they're having them with. And if it's not you, that's okay. There can be lots of people playing in the pool here, but the, you know, the people are yeah. going to, and, and customers are moving towards building that culture, you know, and then the second step would be setting up the processes, right? And that, I think that's where, if you're, if you're a solution provider, that's only dealing with the product that's where you really have to start understanding what's happening is like, which processes are you setting up that could use some of my products and those processes, there's tons and tons of them, right? There's all the standard defensive ones of doing like incident management. Right. Um, and then there's new proactive ones like doing penetration testing and doing audits. Um, so th there's a wide range out there. Ultimately, almost all of them need some kind of a product. Um, but if you don't know what kind of processes your yeah. customer is trying to implement, it's hard to know which products they're going to be interested in buying. Well, it's, it's funny. We, I was going to say, you know, we got to get through four of these and we're running no, running out of time, but you, you kind of segued into the, in the process. So very naturally. And, and since we're in process, it made me think about the one that did not have a very high number on it, which is tabletop exercises. And it, I find that um interesting today because since CCF I've had three conversations with MSPs about how to approach and and strategize around doing tabletop exercises with their clients and and one of them was like we're thinking about doing it like once a year and we'll do like or once a quarter and we'll do one tabletop exercise and I'm like why would you do one like like if you have the audience like do like four do like six like just swap out the characters and do it again. And they're like, huh, because I feel like this goes back to like, well, we, we had a, had a conversation the other day, a business owner suddenly died and they held the keys to the castle, right? Like, 
and how to get the keys to the castle when the key person is gone. And you can take cybersecurity or any business objectives that you might have. It doesn't necessarily have to be cybersecurity. And it's like, if you have good processes in place, you should have at least at some point in time, put something in motion that would say, while that's an inconvenience, it's not the, we are out of business until we get those credentials back in three or five or 10 days or however long it might take. Um, it's interesting because I, I feel like the the GRC, the tabletop exercises, some of the stuff that largely MSPs haven't talked a lot about in recent years, you guys have in here as like, this is the outlook for 2023, which is an awesome shift. Like it goes back to what you said earlier, we are shifting suddenly at a very rapid rate. So even some of the stuff I know I've said that you guys have corrected me on is a reminder that Chris, you sold your MSP like seven years ago. And the world has changed since since I sold my MSP. The world is definitely a different place. That it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even know how to touch that one. It's so different from six years ago on so many levels, right? Right. Oh. Absolutely. I didn't completely leave the, the the MSP space, but I mean, like just looking back at the, and just even going back to like, say the last three years, I mean, two years where we're, it's almost like the, the days when we were, we get excited about the next Pentium chip that would come out and it was gonna be that much faster. And everybody's like waiting for the PC to release so that we could go buy it. And today we're kind of like, eh, new chipset. Eh. But in, in this space, I think it's, it's evolving almost like that because of the uh, urgency that we have around protecting data, uh, staying in business, and not just staying in business, but thriving and growing our businesses, largely tied to if I follow uh, the four Ps, I, I, I'm setting myself up to be successful with that model. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's why, I mean, Seth, you can weigh in, obviously, because this is your uh, your little roadmap here. But yeah, I think that's why product sort of comes at the end on our list here is that so much today is about expertise when you go and see a customer. So much is about your reputation, your skill set. So that gets to the people part of this. Right. Your ability to translate that skill set to the customer's people. So educating them as well so that they understand the tools they're using and some of the risks that they're taking and how to avoid them. Um, and it really becomes more of, um, of an expertise and skills and services type of sale. Sure. And the products kind of just fill the gap. You are right. the expert the products as well. And you want to make sure that you are aligning the best tools with whatever that particular company needs. And every company is different. If you're in, you know, working in a vertical industry, there may be a, a type of security tool that's much more applicable to that, that company than, than you would use in a different company. But again, that all, that all comes at the end. And I think we really sort of want to front load the fact that this is really about rigor and, and expertise as you go yeah. into customers. Yeah. I, I think that's right, Carolyn. And I, I think that the, the other part of that, of what you're saying there, and kind of, Chris, you're mentioning this too, there's just so much complexity in the space now. And and I think that as an industry, we've maybe missed the mark a little bit in the past by trying to tell everyone that they have to become this new thing. Like every, right. you know, everyone is moving towards this new nirvana. And I think the reality is that the pie is just growing, right? And so like we keep making this point about like a solution provider needs to decide who they are and where they want to sit in the value chain. And I think that getting through the first two steps and moving to these second two 
pieces of our cybersecurity roadmap is where the turn begins to happen into tactics, right? And, you know, Chris, you were mentioning before we started recording here that you had a member walk up to you and kind of talk about the people part of this and maybe feel a little bit of, of tension there that people are a little farther down the list. And I, I think it is important to remember that this order is really from an end user perspective. You know, this sure. isn't necessarily how a solution provider might decide what kind of business model right. they want. But this is the part where they need to decide, am I investing in new skills or not? Am I investing in new skills or am I working with the people I have? Because if I'm working with the people I have, that's great. I'm just going to fit in at this part of the value chain. Because you might have a lot of clients and users that would hire a cybersecurity consultant to come in for a one-time engagement, really help them work through those first two stages, and then they need to get into the day-to-day. You know, Now that yeah. cybersecurity consultant's gonna walk away and not be there, and they need that day-to-day MSP or solution provider, and that would start with the people, you know, the skills, and then eventually the product. And so I think it's perfectly okay for any M- MSP or solution provider or MSSP, if we wanna throw that one out there to kind of say, which, how much of this stack do I want to take on? And then once I've decided that, you know, based on my clients, now I'm making decisions on skills or hiring or not to do that. I'm going to work with what I've got and I'm going to meet my clients' needs that way. I feel like as we transition, because we got one more to cover still, I mean, we're in that people. I, I think that the the misalignment isn't whether or not people process product or people process technology is relevant even in the context. Cause I think when I, when I hear how you guys have described this, described this to me, this is a, a methodology for an alignment with what I am doing today. So like, how did I start my company five years, 10 years, 15 years ago, however long ago it was, if I follow this methodology today and I look at my business how 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 am I existing today and, and who I am and who I want to be to your point, like, where do I want to sit in this ecosystem as an MSP or fill in the blank uh, identity and then go, okay, so now I'm looking at this through the lens of what do I have? Well, I got people. I currently have some resemblance of process and procedures, I hope. And then I have, what are the products that I currently have today and how far out of alignment are those things? when I walk through the methodology you just presented me with, because I obviously need to do probably quite a few, quite a few correct course to see that uh, larger, grander uh, opportunity materialize in front of me. That That's my take on it. Mm. Yeah. I, I think that every company is going to, no one's going to have this complete palette of, right, right. of, of all of these items here. And I think to Seth's point, um, the reality that it, though we talk about, you know, the business is changing so much and everybody's got to move to the next thing and whatever yeah. it is, you know, what we find in our research, I just found in the state of the channel is, yeah, there's a lot of shuffling and a lot of change going on. And there are plenty of companies that are moving their business model or moving up sure. the stack, cybersecurity, getting beyond the basics and wanting to be a higher end cybersecurity company. Um, but the reality is, and this speaks to what you said, Seth, is that the ecosystem itself is getting broader, like more players, sure. but people can stay in their roles. And there's plenty of companies who are, and they're perfectly happy to stay in their roles. So I think when you go down this policy process, people product checklist, if you're not able to say I'm comprehensive on all four of these things, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing a bad job. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, totally, totally understood. And I, I think that's something to recognize. Yeah. And to just kind of follow, like, it's all about this constant improvement. And I think following the this methodology gives me the ability to just like, hey, whether it's quarterly or whatever, and like, hey, let's just walk through it. You know, what's changed? What what do we need to uh, improve or or realign with? Which kind of goes back to something you said earlier. I remember, you know, many years ago when I started an MSP, we always would say, you know, we are the IT department for client X, but I don't know that we ever saw ourselves actually as an IT department. We just saw ourselves as the uh, replacement to needing an IT department. And to kind of what you said, it made me really rethink about it right now. What is an IT department? Did we ever, as an MSP, sit down and go, what is an IT department? If we had a company of, say, 500 plus employees, what would an IT department look like? And if we wrap our heads around that, are we, in fact, operating as an MSP for our clients as an actual IT department for them? And, and if it's not in its whole, it kind of goes back to we don't necessarily have to do all the things in here super well. Um, it doesn't mean we're not doing a good job. It's what are the things that we are taking on that replace the IT department or or remove the need for maybe as many layers in the IT department that that a client might have. I mean, we've seen co-managed IT, you know, client has helped us, client has knock services. And then as an MSP or MSSP, we're providing that SOC service or some level of specific uh, niche uh, fill for that that organization. So is that is that sound about right? Like I feel like we maybe uh, as MSPs sometimes lose sight of the fact that we're not just this third party that sits outside that looks through the window and, and calls the shots and tells them what they need to do from a technology standpoint. We, we are their IT department. If they don't actually have one, we have to remember, we need to go inside and be that. Yeah. I, I think that thinking about it differently, you know, we've talked about that a few times now. And another thing that I've mentioned a few times is like this methodology and most of this report is from an end user perspective. Sure. MSPs should think about themselves as an end user, right? Like, I think a lot of MSPs, you know, if they see this presentation or hear this discussion, they're going to be thinking about how do I apply this to my portfolio? Like, how do I apply these four steps to my portfolio of services mm -hmm. and products that I'm trying to put out there? The best way to actually work through that, I think, is to apply it to your own business and to say, sure. okay, within my business, what is our policy? What is all of these things? And then you get to the point of like, well, what products do I need? And, and you might realize that like, oh, we've moved to the cloud, but we never really put in a lot of DLP. We haven't sure. put in any kind of like identity and access management. Maybe we should look into some of that stuff and then we'll know what it is and then we'll know how to sell it. I mean, I think to just tie off the fourth one here, like product is just kind of kind of fall out naturally. Like once you've done the, the other three steps, it's going to be abundantly clear, I think, what products you need to come in, right? And I think the best way for an MSP to figure out, well, which ones are those? Which ones are the the ones that are going to generate the most interest? Is to go through it themselves, and you know the the phrase that we love to use: eat their own dog food, and just kind of figure out, okay, this is what my clients are going through, so these are the things that are going to resonate the most with them. Yeah, so I would pick back on that just briefly is that, you know, one of the things that we've found and all of us have seen is, you know, MSPs can be their own worst enemy in in with regard to cybersecurity and that they're out there preaching the gospel to their clients, but not taking stock in-house and having this the same level of security going on internally. And they've become obviously a conduit for risk for some of their, their clients who are on their network. 
and I don't need to go through the the litany of news headlines we've seen sure. to that effect. So, you know, it, it, you know, when it comes to something like product and tools and all of the things that are on this list, you know, uh, do a little bit of internal um, assessment first to make sure that you actually know what you're, what you're doing internally and, 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 and then kind of spiral that out to your customers. So with that and, and wrapping this up in a nice little bow, I think it's a good segue to talk specifically about, you know, doing this first for my MSP versus doing this for my clients. One of the things that I think is really interesting and it comes up quite a bit, and that is, well, we're, you, you, let's just say it's a firewall. Client goes, hey, you, you want to sell me this firewall, this blinky light box, and it's going to cost $10,000. And it's like, so is this the same box that you use? And it, MSPs often find themselves in a, well, we don't because we're different and we all work from home. And I don't know. I, I think that this is also an opportunity to your point of like the the drinking my own or drinking my drinking my own champagne. It does probably taste better than dog food. Although mm -hmm. I've had some champagne that wasn't so great. So, um, but but the the analogy isn't necessarily saying that um, you have to eat the same brand of dog food or the same uh, specific uh, um, portion of of food for what your clients are doing. And I think. As you went through this whole process, we as we went through all four of these things, when we get to product, it should be what's right sized for me because mm -hmm. we're being asked to do this for our clients. Um, are you seeing that trending where you know there's there's an opportunity to stop getting hung up on what product is solving for in my environment versus what I'm in the opportunity positioning to you, the client to put into your environment. I honestly can't say that I see a lot of one-to-one -one comparison where the MSP is truly saying, well, what do we use? And we'll use that with our customers. Sure. But I'll go back to what I said before and that I think smart MSPs and solution providers are customizing for the customer themselves. So they're realizing what sort of business that customer is. Is it an SMB? Sure. Do they, you know, are they a generalist type of company like in professional services or are right. they... Uh, in a vertical industry? Um, are they in finance where they have a much higher kind of risk that they have? Do they have a lot of compliance issues that they have to you yeah. know, deal with? Um, so, you know, to your question, I don't see a lot of MSPs mapping what they use internally necessarily to customers. Good. But if you're wise, you're going to be really taking a good look at what your customer's environment looks like and what their business looks like and making sure those tools match up with yeah, what, yeah. what customer's like company looks like. Uh, yeah, I guess the last thing, the last thing I would say on it is like, it's making me think of another big topic that we could spend, you know, another half hour or more on, which is digital transformation. And sure. we're going to be looking at that more this year, but I think that means so many different things to different people. And, you know, kind of like Carolyn's saying, like, uh, you know, an MSP needs to be able to talk to their clients about these things and, to the extent that they're going to talk to people, they should be going through some version of it themselves, right? And it might not be one-to-one, -one. it might not be perfect, but at least you've been there. At least you tried to do a little bit of it. At least you've kind of fought some of your own battles and realized like what, what needs to change. Uh, and then you can figure out if what you're going through is maybe different than what your clients would have to go through. Sure. So I, I think that really just tackling those things yourself, whether it's digital transformation or cybersecurity or whatever it might be, I, I think helps you understand things through the client's eyes a lot better. The, the rules are kind of the same, right? Like it's, we're not saying that I have the same regulatory requirements being held 
on on me that my client might, but at least I should be able to say, what does this look like if I walk in their shoes? Or or for that matter, if it's not their shoes, it's mine. Am I at least putting the security components in place, addressing the risk that might be impacting my business when I look to help them make their decision? Like, hey, we're not so different at the end of the day. Yeah. Yep. So you you said what I was going to ask next, which is what's next coming from research, which would be uh, you've talked about digital transformation and that got into you had the I want to say it was the four like the categories of what's coming from research. What uh, what can we expect from from CompTIA research in 2023? Well, next up is Carolyn's state of the channel. Um, that, that'll be coming out soon or will already be out depending on when this uh, goes live. But that's that's next one up. We always have workforce stuff coming. Okay. Um, and then there'll be you know smaller pieces of content until the big state of cybersecurity, which will probably come in like Q3. Awesome. Well, guys, I really appreciate your time today. For those of you listening, this has been an episode of MSP 1337. Thanks and have a great week.